Cool. Guys, how are we doing? Hope you're good. So we finally got there after these Wi-Fi issues. Um, so I want to introduce the second speaker who is coming to talk at our Elite Movement Seminar for men who are driven and ambitious to reach their potential and beyond. Um, so this guy um, is um, just a brilliant guy to be around, really relaxed, really calm. He has a very calming effect on me when I'm around him. Um, he literally has died and come back from heaven. A far better looking man as well. <laughs> uh, but he's a he's a good friend. He's helped me a lot professionally and he's in and around my circle of peers of entrepreneurs. Um, I'd love to introduce Nigel Dave. Davies. Is it Davies or Davies? It's, da it's Davies. It's actually, um, yeah, hello everyone. Uh, yeah, I'm Nigel Davies. <laughs> But I'm actually pronounced Davis. It's the Welsh spelling, but the English pronunciation. Oh, Blame my grandparents. But yeah, it's really great to be here and really excited about, um, you know, coming to the Elite Movement Seminar in November and telling you a bit more about my story and uh, yeah. everything you've mentioned. I love it. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to get on to it. We're not going to dive in too deep because we don't want to ruin the story on the day this is just really an introduction for people who are, who are thinking about coming up for the day um it's going to be a very inspirational impactful day um so listen um the, the clues in the title the man that died for 29 minutes right it's like <laughs> um and i know we laugh about it but it's, it obviously wasn't funny but um talk about your life leading up to this event what was happening yeah, so I, you know, I, I, I'm an independent brand consultant, so work by myself, like a lot of people, self-employed, running a business, doing everything that I need to do every day, you know, the whole kind of, I guess, um, taking on lots of projects. I, at the time, I was doing what I call direct client work. I was working with big charities and just sort of really just sort of maximising sort of the opportunities that were in front of me. And I did notice um you know i'd also got married a couple of years before so there's more things going on in family and stuff like that and i did notice a few weeks before and even went surprisingly as a man went to the doctors <laughs> and i just thought something was up but nothing nothing that serious and the doctor just sort of packed me off with a with an inhaler and that was it really well you so struggled with your breathing yeah i was struggling with with breathing and he he just thought it might have been a bit of mild asthma um, and then I guess, you know, what happened, I've got no idea what happened at all. All I know is that I was at work one day and in fact, I don't even remember. I lost my memory from the week, about a week before. Um, I then just remember waking up in, in a hospital, staring at a ceiling, someone saying, do you know where you are? I went, not really. Am I at school? Cause I think that was the only sort of experience I'd had ever had of gazing up in, in those sort of buildings. And, um, yeah, it transpired. I'd had a cardiac event and yeah, 29 minutes of downtime, which means no blood and oxygen to the brain. And yeah, and um, well, here I am today. So so that kind of resolved itself. It's incredible. Do you like on, on the build up, like with you having obviously the cardiac arrest, do you think there was any, uh, do you think that you were going through elements of stress and build up and overwhelm and everything through running your business? Oh, I, I think looking back on it, yeah, 100%. I mean, like I say, we didn't recognise the sig signals. 
apart from the the sort of breathing difficulty. I've never been like a super fit person, but I've never really had asthma or anything. And it was interesting because when I did come back to home, you know, I went back to my office and um, all my work stuff was out there, where exactly where I'd left it. So I was working on Christmas card ideas for a charity, and there was an inhaler next to me. I was like, well, why have I got an inhaler? And that's that's the first time I remembered being told that actually. Uh, I need to think about my breathing. But even when I'd woken up in hospital, we'd never connected back to the inhaler thing. And maybe if we'd done more checks about why the breathing was difficult, it might have kind of come to a different conclusion earlier. But yeah. overwhelmed, stress, family, money, work, all of it, you know, it's always compounding into the same pivot point, really. So um, I think during the time of your build-up, um, so we're trying to paint a picture here. Were you like, I guess you probably look at a lot of people around you today because you, you are surrounded by lots of entrepreneurs, right? So like you're in, you're in my world, as in like, I'm, like we're, we're in the same mastermind together. Um, do you look at other people running around at 100 miles an hour and think, geez, that used to be me? Like, <laughs> do, do you like think, God, is that probably what led to my downfall? Do you worry about the pace of the world today? Yeah, I guess guess the difference is that I sort of, before I was working independently, I'd run a business that was stressful and there was, you know, 20 people, 2 million plus turnover, sort of big, big thing going on. And we had really stressful times there, but I had a team of people around me. I had fellow directors, even though we all fell out. But I think the difference was that I was doing it all totally by myself. But yeah. I guess the difference now is sort of hanging out with you and other people and other entrepreneurs. I'm working with other people on the, on, on the, in a similar sort of world. And I hadn't had that. So it was really difficult. I don't think I did spot the, diff- the, 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 the kind of difference because I hadn't experienced it. Whereas now, where yourself and other entrepreneurs, it's much clearer to see what's going on and these, massive overwhelm and it's not just sort of the business stuff but actually you forget that when you've got a team around you of other people going through similar things that just helps alleviate the stress even if they're your work colleagues so doing anything completely by yourself is automatically more stressful so I definitely you know I've definitely found real value in hanging out with someone like yourself and the other people that we know and just sort of sharing our pain a bit actually really helps alleviate the stress so yeah 100%. Do, you, do you think we do that enough as humans do you think we do we elevate a lot of the pain and sacrifice that we go through to like me and well, i think it's difficult yeah i think it's difficult because you, as you as you probably know if you talk about it in family situation with your with your your wife or your kids or whatever they might just see it as a bit of moaning or they might just sort of you know try and answer it which is probably not what you want you just want to offload it and then offloading onto family is is sort of maybe a bit of an unfair thing because that then puts stress on them when actually you just want to talk about it. So I think talking about it with people in a similar situation is always more beneficial than leaving it, you know, all to yourself. And actually not talking about it is probably the worst thing. And I've got mates, but I don't think I'd ever really talked about my business stuff with my mates, just talked about records and music and gigs and things like that. So, yeah, I probably hadn't reached out to... I did, I mean, I should have... In, on retrospect, my best man who's at my wedding, who was my ex-business partner, I probably should have chatted with him earlier. 
It's a good yeah. point. I'll phone him right after this. Phone him right after and say, where were you when I was having my cardiac arrest? In the he was right next to me in hospital, but I had no idea he was there. He oh, was one of the there. first people that was there. Yeah. So that must have been quite a, a scary experience to kind of wake up and not know where you were and wonder what's happened. Like, it must, like, to be dead for 29 minutes is incredible. And for you to still be functioning, like, thinking and working and... Yeah, I think it was scarier for my family, certainly my wife, because they yeah. had got into the position of, you know, who's going to take responsibility for switching him off? And she was like, oh, well, we're not, we're not switching him off type thing. But it had got to that sort of uh, part of, you know, duty of care and all that sort of stuff. I think most people were worried about, you know, what I would be like when I came out of you know, yeah. that extended period of being in a coma. And what they do, I don't want anyone to have gone through it, but if you have, they sort of start you with some basic tasks like, you know, what day of the week it is and, yeah. you know, and kind of order these things in size and put the red pencil on the left. And, and they start with really basic things. And they're really hard <laughs> to begin with. But I think quite quickly, I, I think my cognitive abilities kind of came back. And I think that was what most people were worried about is that whether I'd be able to sort of think it's less about talking and stuff like that. It's more about would my brain still work in a similar way that it had yeah. before being a brand consultant, having to sort of my, my I sort of set pride myself on coming up with ideas and selling ideas and that sort of and thinking quickly. But that sort of almost sort of rewired itself before some of the basic things like walking you know it's yeah. quite weird how the yeah. how the how the body kind of responds to trauma and finds those pathways that work so as as you you know me i'm not the fittest person in the world you know it just didn't bother with fixing my legs <laughs> you know it fixed my brain before it fixed my legs because yeah 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 up. Nigel doesn't really do a lot of exercise. He doesn't need the legs as much. Let's work on the brain and uh, get that going back again, which is kind of ironic. So now, now I do have a few issues with my legs. So it's probably why I've got that slightly calmer pace of life now as well. But yeah. Hello. So for anyone, obviously you wouldn't know, but I think, um, I think it was in, we went to Thailand, didn't we, together on the mastermind? And it was quite, and obviously your pace of walking is like, is almost very, very steady compared to everyone else's. And I remember sticking back and walking with you and going, and I remember coming, I remember when we went out for dinner and we come back and I was like, I need to be more like Nige because going, seeing the world at his pace, and it, it is so true, I feel different and I see things different and I'm calmer, you know, and I still take that like on board with me. And I, and actually, I wonder whether you have seen the world differently and now that this has happened, now that you're slowing down, um, that you've had to slow down to manage your heart and manage you, whether you see the world different from a rather than the let's go fast paced, hungry entrepreneur, businessman that was thriving. Yeah, definitely. I, I did some uh, is it NLP work and. They they were sort of asking me when 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 do you feel stressed and anxious and you know and keep a diary of all that sort of stuff and it would tend to be like stupid things like getting a train because yeah. we always leave too late to go for a train so if you know I mean it's ten minutes to the station for me so I leave fifteen minutes before rather than ten minutes before 
I can take it steady and I don't get stressed thinking, am I going to lose a train? My son, he's a teenager. He'll leave six minutes before race up to the station, <laughs> probably still get the train. But it's like just sort of, you know, noting when you are getting anxious and then just stopping because without a shadow of a doubt, does it make a difference if I get that train or the one that's 10 minutes later? Not really in, in yeah. today's life, yeah. you know. So it's just, yeah, definitely being a bit calmer is definitely being a thing and also just focusing on a few things at the same time that was really quite important to me i'm, I'm better but originally the, the like stupid things like you know remote controls were really and they are quite tricky anyway but i couldn't op operate a mobile phone you know but i could talk about branding it's kind of weird you've got to retrain and relearn these things and then they come back you know and it gives you an insight i think you know my dad's sort of 86 he's had a few strokes into what it's like being a lot older and trying to face the world around you today. Yeah. And the world is quite complicated, fast moving. And we take that for granted because we're in the energy zone of it all. And I think sometimes just stepping out, being more reflective, taking time, recognizing, I think I'm better now with other people's frustrations about things that work that we know, you know, we know how to do things really effectively and quickly. Yeah. Other people don't. And I think I've taken a more, kind of educative approach to helping and nurturing and helping people learn things yeah. while just saying, well, this is how you do it. Get on with it. If you don't know how to do it, you're, you're getting left behind. You know, that's, that's all. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad, isn't it? It's like, the thing is, is that we're never gonna, the world's never going to change. Like we could talk about oh, how everybody needs to slow down and everyone needs to do this. And I don't think, I think in my world, men don't really see that need to change into something drastic happens like dying for 29 minutes like you know and I think um I think the fact that your back is a gift like it's almost do, do you look at it as a gift do you look at it, this as a second chance um I, I don't think I do actually I know that might seem like the the obvious thing I've not had some sort of big kind of revelation about you know a repurposing of my life maybe a bit of a refocusing i think you know what i would say is that don't wait for a dramatic moment like that to happen i mean i was thinking it was one percent survival yeah. rate that's to, taking it to the extreme you know we want we want to yeah. recognize the signals and do something about it before we're forced into action and i think looking back you know i could have done more to be calmer and more controlled back then rather yeah. than have to have an event to make me more calm and controlled. 100%. 100%. And, and I think that's, that's the thing. And like I've said already, and I think we're all increasingly aware of it, but sharing things, talking to people with, you know, talking to people that can relate, not just talking to anyone, you know, talk to my parents, they, they, they don't get it. But I yeah. talk to someone like you, you get it because you're a business owner. I talk yeah. to other people that I meet. And I think talking to your, you know, I mean, you, you call it your team, but your, you know, the people around you that are on your side that are really understand the situations that you're going through from the different perspectives is is totally invaluable. But no, it wasn't wasn't a massive aha moment type thing. You know, there was no yeah. um, there was no white light or anything. I hung out with Alex Turner from the Arctic Monkeys for quite a bit of it, which was good fun. But then someone was playing his. Did you see anything on the other side? Was there anything well, on there? Well, yeah. Well, I, I saw England um, do really well in the World Cup, but it was happening at the same time. So people were telling me what was going on in the World Cup. So uh, there was this one thing where it was like a um, imagine like those flyover cams, 
and I, England strung together like eight headers, scored a goal. This is in my mind. But um, actually, it was because people were playing with the World Cup. So I, I was imagining what they were doing. But I had, no, I had no consciousness about any of that, really. Mad, isn't it? It's incredible. It was incredible. Well, I'm looking forward to you sharing the journey when you come to Birmingham. Um, Same here. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a real eye opener for many, many people, and some of the lessons you've learned from it. Um, so, what, if you want to just give people a taste about what you're going to talk about at the seminar, um, so they can know almost what to expect. Obviously, I think that, that the ins and outs of the story of you dying and coming back is is, is at forefront of the of your of your talk, right? Yeah, I think I think what what that is, I think it's a signal of how you can make changes but you don't wait for the event to make the change yeah. and i think the changes that i've made just like you know hanging out with people like you and other entrepreneurs has been positive to give me a more grounding in in what i do i think i've definitely been able to reappraise why i do what i do mm. in a in a way that suits the way i work and i think everyone should be able to kind of find their mojo if you like be much more focused on what makes you the individual that you are i'm a yeah. brand consultant there's loads of brand consultants out there what yeah. makes me different and i've had to think a little bit more about that and i think that's important for anyone in whatever they're doing is to find that kind of kind of core belief about them and and then actually it's sort of like not holding back share it with everyone uh, give yeah. Give everything that you know about the world to anyone who's prepared to listen. It doesn't mean standing on speaker's corner, but everyone has great stories to tell and share and holding it to yourself because you think you've got some special secret source, some magic that you, you want to charge a million pounds for isn't going to help <laughs> anyone. You've got to just put it out there, put yourself out there with this sort of special ingredient and people, you know, it will help people. And if you help people, they'll help you. I mean, that's uh, that I think what you're going to talk about is definitely going to open up many people's eyes you know many people are very career driven very success driven highly highly perform like that high performance mentality where they just want to get after it and want to do it and I think sometimes we've got to take a step back and go do you know there's something there's something much bigger here than just career success professional success yeah. you know there's longevity of life, there's seeing your kids grow up, there's connection with relationships, there's staying alive, there's being fit. There's all of these things that I think um that I think that that I think matter, you know, I think they really do matter. And I think I, I think your talk's yeah. gonna put that light. Definitely one of the things that came out of even the stuff that we did more more recently on the self mastery stuff. I think the the thing that I've kind of even thought about with myself and my brand and the vision. Now, so if you you might have a vision about you wanting to be success and have the big house, the dream life, all that money and stuff like that. I've sort of come around to actually what what I want to get out of all this is is to have some sort of legacy. And you yeah. can't leave a legacy if you die too early, and if you can't do that if you don't share it with people. I Love mean, it. you can you can have fantastic success, but if people if you don't leave that mark, then you have wasted quite a bit of that kind yeah. of special stuff that you've got. And I think you know, leaving a legacy is definitely um, the thing that I've been orientated towards. And that actually is very motivating because it means you've got to take action. You've got to do something to leave that legacy. It's not going to happen without you doing it. And I think 
everyone should be leaving some sort of legacy apart from just a big bunch of records that has to be put into boxes there's so many for anyone that's just listening and not on youtube i mean it is like talking to someone who owns a record shop there must be there must six thousand six six thousand records and that's the other thing is i i never talked about my passion and my business i separated those two things off i'm really passionate about music for 27 years of my career i never spoke about the two it's been such a relief talk about your, your passions and business yeah, I think so. I think so. Should have been a record artist. Um, <laughs> so, still time. Still time. There's always time, and I think that's what's. I think that's what's so valuable about this chat is is understanding that you don't have an abundance though, because at any moment you don't know. It just could be like that, right? So, um, I'm really excited for you to be with us, Nigel. Um, so for those that obviously are listening, um, tickets are going to be on sale from the 1st of August. You will only get the early bird tickets. We are limited on, on tickets and seats because we sold a lot already from last year. You have to be on the waiting list. The waiting list is attached to the link here somewhere, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, uh, or the podcast. It's in the description somewhere. Get yourself on that. And on August the 1st at 12 o'clock, We'll be releasing tickets for early birds. Come see Nige, Hayden, me, and then obviously Marcus as well. And um, just be in a group, in a room with over 100 guys, all all purposely looking to improve the way they show up and reach their absolute potential in life. And I think it's going to be really, I think it's going to be the best one yet because it's very impactful. And we've got some really impactful speakers coming along. I I was joking with Hayden, He's the only guy that hasn't really faced the near-death experience. He hasn't nearly died or died speaker. So I see he's got a lot to live up to because you died for 29 yeah. minutes. Marcus <laughs> nearly was told that he had three months to live. So um, I nearly topped myself. So like, he's got a lot to live up to. <laughs> well, I guess Hayden, knowing Hayden, he's, he's sort of super kind of focused and that's not yeah. part of the plan. If it's not a part of his plan... It's not going to happen because no, no. that's you know, that's happen. why he's successful. So we didn't we didn't not put it in our plan. He's probably put no, it in fine. his plan. Don't die. You keep asking me what's my vision. I keep saying stay alive and stay married. That's that's now in the plan. That was never keep in the plan Guinness. before. But keep drinking yeah, Guinness. Keep drink keep drinking Guinness. Look forward to it as well. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be, be good. Yeah, a great it'd, day. It'd, so really yeah, good. So, uh, so thank you again for your time. I catch you when we stop. Recording. Uh, guys, thank you for listening. Just let us know what you thought of this chat um, and we'll see you on Saturday the 25th of November up at Aston Villa Stadium.